Danny. Hey, can, how are you? I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that wasn't the right question to ask. <laughs> Well, I'm so glad that you are here and I feel just so fortunate to be able to talk to you right now. And I saw your videos and myself, along with millions of other people, were clearly very touched by your situation and your approach to it. And normally I ask people what happened to you, but this is more of a current thing that you're going through. So I'll phrase it a little bit differently. Danny, what's happening to you? Um, well, (laughs) so what's happening to me is, well, it's been going on for like the past two years, but, um, basically it's this undiagnosed disease. That's pretty much ravaging my body right now. And nobody knows why started a couple of years ago. And that's when I noticed something was off. And then the doctors were like, it's fine. You have GERD, you have acid reflux. And I'm like, okay, this is, that's cool. I guess this is normal. And then it wasn't until like September of last year when I was like, this is not normal. And I just got progressively worse. And I was like, this, this is not, this is not acid reflux. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So what was that progression? Like, when did you sort of realize that things were significantly worse than acid reflux? Um, probably the beginning of 2020. It's like, January, I started waking up like insanely nauseous. And I was like, okay. I was like, well, I'm not pregnant. Cause one, I haven't dated guys in like forever. So I was like, I'm not <laughs> pregnant. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay. I was like, you know what? It's fine. They said this, it happens. I was like, maybe I just need to watch my diet. And then February came along and I had just turned 21 before this. So I was drinking a lot and I was like, okay, well maybe I just need to come back on the drinking wasn't it so i was like okay but like mid-february i went to las Las vegas um hawaii and when i was out there i was like okay well i'm just gonna drink a little bit and see if there's any difference and then like i drank that whole weekend and i was still the same i was like okay so maybe it's not the drinking but maybe i should stop the drinking so (laughs) i just stopped drinking completely and nothing changed i was like cool this is cool Mm -hmm. i'm fine um everything's fine everything's fine (laughs) march came along and i had started dating this girl and i started telling her everything and she was like that's not normal she's like i have acid reflux she's like that is not acid reflux and i was like okay so maybe i should see a doctor and then i went to the doctors again they're like oh no like you're you're fine we don't see anything and i'm like okay that's cool that's fine <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like whatever and then like a few months go along still the same thing i was still waking up every morning nauseous and i was getting really bad upper like abdominal pains and i was like i was like what, what is this like what's going on like do i just live like this now <laughs> and i think around august like it started getting really really bad and i was like okay this isn't right like my girlfriend at the time she had to like give me a heating pad on my stomach like every so often and i was like this this is a lot of pain like Mm -hmm. this is normal and then september came along and i had woken up like not having a seizure but it was like a convulsion and my eyes were rolling to the back of my head and i was vomiting blood and i was like yeah not acid reflux (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i had went to the er and they're like we don't see anything but we're going to refer you to a specialist and then i went to a specialist and then 
started all these procedures and biopsies and still nothing would come up, but I was progressively getting worse and my symptoms kept adding on and adding on and adding on. Mm-hmm. And I still have zero idea. And now we're here. <laughs> wow. So the status is still unknown. Yeah. I actually stopped seeing those doctors because I honestly think it definitely has something to do with the fact that I'm a woman and also my skin color. And I definitely have not been treated very well. Really? Yeah. I've been dismissed plenty of times. Like, are you pregnant? Is it your menstrual cycle? Maybe you should see a gynecologist and all this stuff. And like, as a Hispanic, like I'm more prone to other diseases than most. And uh-huh. a lot of people don't take that into recognition or anything like that so i have not been treated very well at all throughout this whole process oh man i'm sorry to hear that well i mean for the situation that you're in and the way you've been treated you're very bubbly and have great energy so that's (laughs) very unfortunate that they uh they, they haven't been able to figure out what's wrong with you are you exploring other options or what's what's the current status of things so right now I decided to just take a, just take a break from doctors and exploring for a little bit, but like I had recently done an interview with our local newspaper for like Arizona mm-hmm. and the article went out and my mom shared it and then my family shared it. And then all these people started coming in with like recommendations. So now my mom's been on me about trying different approaches. So I'm like, okay, so but I told her, I was like, I just want a little break from doctors just for a little bit. And then yeah, I don't die in that process. Then we'll go from there. <laughs> <laughs> Understandably. So, so you are in effectively at this point in time, you are terminal. Yeah. Damn. There's like no timeline either. So I've been told we're shocked. You're still alive. We're yeah. like, it's really, I have days where I'm like, okay, like this, I, I'm cool. Like we're, we're chilling. And then I have days where I have the convulsions and the nosebleeds and I can't walk. And I'm like, yeah, this is it. <laughs> it's just all kind of up in the air. Yeah. Do you think that makes it easier or harder? I think a little bit of both. So I've always had the motto of just living, like just do you live your life? But I think the fact that I don't know makes it harder to do that. Cause like the things that I want to do, I obviously don't want to like go to a different city. And then all of a sudden I dropped it on the plane. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess it, it, with the definitive time frame, it'd be easier to map out what you want to do. I guess. Yeah. That does make sense. And I, I, one of the TikToks that you posted had a bucket list in, in it. And there were some really amazing things on there. And it seems like you've just been doing so much traveling in the time that you have. And one of the places that you kept visiting was Seattle. Um, is that, how did you decide on Seattle? Cause that's where I'm from. I live on, um, I grew up on Bainbridge Island, which is like, if you take one of the little ferries, you know, the Seattle ferries, you just take it over to Bainbridge Island and that's my hometown. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> so I'm actually a huge, like Grey's Anatomy fan. So oh, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> what? sent me there and the first time i went was before i got sick and i fell in love with the city and it's so different from dry arizona desert and there's actual like seasonal change there (laughs) yeah well in a way i was like there's leaves on the ground and like (laughs) 
<laughs> it's far from a desert for sure. It's too bad you couldn't get doctors more like the Grey's yeah. Anatomy ones, but um, yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe you could reach out to them. Maybe it'd be like a, a Make a Wish type thing. Um, I'm too old for Make a Wish. What? Oh, what, what's the cutoff? Like 18? Yeah, it's 18. I'm 22, so. Ah, <laughs> oh, couldn't have, couldn't have gotten this a few years earlier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So Seattle is one of the places. Um, how does one decide when you figure out that you're dying and you're going to potentially die soon? How do you decipher the things that you want to do? How do you prioritize that? I feel like you kind of just like think back on your life and like, okay, well, maybe all these moments where I'm like, oh, wow. Like when you say to your friends, like, let's go here and let's do this. Or like you see something in a movie that you really want to see, or like you just kind of just look back on yourself and like, think of all these moments where you're like that something really stood out to you and that's just what you go after and that's pretty much what I've been doing but uh you know it kind of ceased for a little bit because I got really sick but um mm -hmm. and how like because you know you talk about like your friends and the different experiences and reactions that you've had to people finding out about your situation and one of the things you mentioned is that a lot of people have gone out of your life as a result of this and I wanted to ask you about what that's been like. That sucked. Um, <laughs> it's crazy because you don't think that that would happen, especially in this kind of, kind of situation. But like the more that I've talked to people who do have like chronic illnesses and have been like on their deathbeds, like they say the same thing. Like a lot of people just don't react well to that, to death and to sickness. Yeah. And like cancer patients say it too. Like a lot of people just don't react well to it. And like they're, it's just, you know, fight or flight and they dip. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think it's just your situation is causing them to evaluate their own mortality and it's just like, fuck, I can't deal with that. Or what do you think the root of it is? I don't know. I've had a, one of my like long, like long-term friends. Like I've known her since I was like five or so. Like that's a long time, but like yeah. she was she didn't necessarily leave, but she said that she didn't want to see me like this, which I totally get like the way I'm now is like completely toned down than like who I was before. Cause I was a super eccentric person and like some days, like I can't even get out of bed. So she's like, I don't want to see you like this. Like we have really fun memories the last time we saw each other. And that's what I want to remember you by. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. It's fine. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still here though. <laughs> like, do you want to hang out like a little bit? Yeah. Oh, that's so wild. <laughs> yeah. And what about the people? Cause I can imagine it's also, you've had a lot of people that have gotten even, like way closer with you as a result of this too. So it's sort of like, you know, both ends of the spectrum. What's it been like on the other end? It's insane because I think a lot of the people that I have now that are closer to me and like checking on me constantly are people that I have met through TikTok and online. And it's crazy because a lot of them like are like really popular creators or like music musicians or like even some girls that I met on Bumble. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like, you don't expect like those people, like who just are fresh in your life and really don't know what's going on to stay as like, as prominently as they do. Mm -hmm. It's been pretty nuts. <laughs> yeah. And I have a bunch of questions about TikTok, but you just mentioned Bumble there and it made me wonder how has dying affected your uh, dating life? 
<laughs> it, um, <laughs> um, I don't date. I actually, right around the time I got sick, um, I knew I was, you know, sick, but I really wasn't vocal about it. So like, I don't like my ex didn't leave me because I was sick. Like we were having issues before that, mm-hmm. but like right before I went to the hospital was when we broke up and like, we just stopped talking. And then I blew up on TikTok, and then I reached out to her. One of the times I was in the hospital and I was like convinced I was going to die that day. So I FaceTimed her Yeah, and she was like super supportive and like, we were like friends again. And then like, she had said that she didn't want to be involved anymore. And I was like, okay, that's, it's cool. I'm fine. It's fine. <laughs> so we haven't talked since, but, um, after I think just because that breakup is so recent, yeah. I don't even want to bother dating. And at the same time, I'm like, I don't also like want to bring somebody new in just so they can watch me die. you you have a pretty amazing ability to despite your situation be cognizant of like how other people perceive what's going on with you and not just sort of i feel like a lot of people in your situation would be like you know me like it's about you know come on i have this make make my time good you know Mm -hmm. and you seem to be just completely at ease with your whole existence and it's really amazing and i'm just kind of curious like how did you get to that point i honestly it's the dying it like because before this like i was a super Like, I was like, oh, like, I hate my life. Like, I'm not doing anything with myself. I haven't done much with myself. Like, what am I doing? I dropped out of college. Like, super unhappy with myself. And, like, I also have, like, mental health issues. So I was just, like, completely unhappy, like, 90% of the time. But then this happened, and I was like, you know what? Like, I do have, like, really good qualities about myself. I love to travel. I've done pretty cool things with traveling. And like, despite like some of my circumstances, even before I got sick, like I still graduated high school and I still like got into college on my own and I paid for college on my own and all these things. And I was like, I, I think I'm pretty cool. So yeah, takes like, cause one of the times I was in the hospital, I had completely blacked out and I was convinced I was dead and you kind of just look back on everything you've done and it's usually all positive and that's all i saw was all the positive things that i've done like and all the positive people that i've met and so i think it's just like a complete 180 because i was a pretty pessimistic person before this and now like my whole brand is optimism so yeah insane how that worked and like a lot of my friends have mentioned it too. Like, they're like, you've changed completely. Like this person we know now is completely different from the person that we used to know. <laughs> so dying made you happier is <laughs> sort of what I'm getting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. People need, it's really just nuts that you are just so just like effervescent. Like it's just, and it comes off on TikTok, you know, like the, your videos just really like elicit these reactions out of people myself. And like, I, I'm definitely an emotional person, but I rarely see TikToks and just like break down, but like, you know, and, and, but it's in the best way. Way. You know what I mean? Like I watch your videos and I feel so much more appreciative of my own existence and, and the people in my life and, and you, even though I hadn't met you yet, you know, it's like you have given people this ability to recognize how 
precious the time that they have is and how valuable it is and the things that seeming are seems seem to be so important at the time whether it's anxiety or depression or whatever's going on in your life i mean it puts it all into perspective and you've transformed this wild experience into something so positive not just for yourself but for millions tens of millions of people and i just uh, i really just admire you so much for that and um so it's cool that you're at the spot that you're at it's it's really amazing thank you oh my god <laughs> i'm just saying what everybody else wants to say to your face too so i'm, I'm just the messenger here listen um, but uh, i also wanted to ask you about um when you think about death right like I mean, obviously you've thought about it a lot, but do you think, like, do you have any thoughts on what death will be like? So I've actually told the story before too, but on, I think it was my last hospital visit. Um, it was a really bad day and I had to stop breathing and I like, I didn't wake up, but when I did, I don't know, it's so weird to explain, but I woke up and there was like this gray sheer thing like around me and I could see myself but like, I was also still in my body, but like, I could, like, there was like a glass door in the hospital room and I could see myself and I was asleep, obviously, but like, I'm awake and I'm looking at myself asleep. So I'm like, um, what the heck? But yeah. it just felt so like warm and safe. And it just like that feeling just felt so like, it felt like home kind of like, like it's so weird it just felt like i belonged there like i belonged in this gray sheer thing and it just embraced me and i was like okay i was like i like this but why can i see myself asleep when i'm not asleep like it's just that confusion too but like i've mentioned it to like other people who have had like near-death experiences and they like say the same thing like they they can see themselves, but where they are, is just like this complete warm and safe feeling. And I'm like, okay, so I'm not crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that experience made your outlook on it. Good. Better. Yeah. It's like, I was pretty scared about it before, but like after that, like, I'm like, okay, well, at least I know when I do go, I'm going to be somewhere that's safe for me. And that, feels good for me and I'm not like going to hell or something. But like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's, it's interesting that you say that it felt like home because all of our consciousness, our whole existence comes from somewhere. I mean, it, it, wherever that is, like we all come from no, like we have no idea how we got here. We just started just inhabiting these bodies and just moving around and everybody just like goes to work as if that's totally normal. And like, <laughs> it's so outrageous, but it's interesting that all of this, our whole existence comes out of a state of nothing. And I mean, that's our best working theory for, for the for the beginning of the universe is that it was just a big bang. There was nothing. And then there's a, now all of this stuff is here. So it's crazy that like you think about death and all we know about it is that you return or you are in a state of nothingness again. I mean, maybe there's, we have no confirmation that anything actually happens afterwards, but what we can see from people that die is that nothing's happening. They go into a state, some sort of a dreamlike state. It looks like they're sleeping, but I think that there's a massive amount of comfort in considering that we may return to the state that we were in before we got here. Maybe that is what home is. 
I don't know, yeah. but um, let me know <laughs> when you get there. <laughs> it's actually funny that you say that because one of my best friends, she's pretty spiritual, like she believes in like tarot cards and like all that fun stuff. And she like tries to like do readings and connect with spirits and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, dude, when you die, you have to, you have to tell me what it's like. She's like, you need to come back and write something down, haunt me, do something. She's like, but you need to tell me what it's like when you die. Well, if you've got spare time, I would love a message as well. I'll be, uh, I won't hold my breath, but um, yeah, I don't want to take up too much of your time in the, uh, in the unknown, but familiar home. Um, yeah, that's, are you into that kind of stuff at all? Spirituality, any of that stuff? Um, I would say so. Yeah. I'm definitely open to pretty much everything, but I think I'm more on the, like the spirituality side. I definitely like believe in like crystals and the moon phases and all that mm-hmm. stuff that people are like, <laughs> <laughs> what's that? What do you mean? Well, like people definitely don't take spirituality seriously. Like they're like really the mood phases. The mm-hmm. You're not talking to anybody. You're talking to yourself. There's <laughs> like, well, I think what's funny about all of that is that like anybody who presumes to know anything for sure is not, you don't know what you're talking about. Really? I mean, it's like, who is anybody to say that? No, there's no way that the moon has anything to do. It's like, what do you mean? How, where are we right now? We're just in the <laughs> middle of like nothingness all the time. Like we're it, like, it, if you think about like space, right? Like just where I'm moving my hand right now this is considered to be other than me, right? This is a totally, or just like, you know, outside somewhere. But then if I go right here, now what? I'm in that spot that I just a second ago considered is not me at all, right? So then what? what is this, this nothingness that is apparently everything at the same time? It's bananas. Um, but just a little tangent, but, uh, nobody knows for sure, but that's cool. Yeah. I don't really know what I believe about any of that stuff, but I know that there's more going on that I can understand. And I think there's a lot of comfort in that actually. I'm pretty open to everything. And yeah, but like my, cause they ask me all the time in my comments and like concerning my situation, like I know where I draw that crowd in, but like, they're always like, can I pray for you? Can I do this for you? Can I do that for you? I'm like, Hey, I'm not going to say my preference. But you can do anything you want. I just yeah. appreciate all the manifesting <laughs> in whatever. I respect your beliefs. <laughs> right. And this is a, a very sort of spiritual energy-esque question, but have you felt like because you you know you're dealing with like massive orders of magnitude in terms of the reach that you've had for people that haven't seen Danny's TikToks, I mean it's been multiple videos over 10 million views consistently, you know. And what's so cool about you too is like, you know, clearly that stuff is, it doesn't matter to you in the way that it matters to a lot of people. I think it's pretty clear that you're just happy that people are benefiting from the content. But in terms of all of those people thinking, seeing your videos and thinking about you all the time, have you felt any sort of energetic influence at all? And I know that's just about as vague as you could be, but just curious. (laughs) Um, Actually, yeah, I think... It was on, it was recently, it was pretty recently. It was, I think, Saturday. I was just having a crap day, like just mentally. I was just like, why am I doing this? Like, why am I still fighting? And then I had a girl message me this super long paragraph on Twitter saying how she was struggling with her mental health. And then she saw my videos and then she completely, it just rewired her thinking on life. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is why I was like, this is why I was like, 
nuts. Like the amount of people who have reached out to me and told me these things, it definitely gives me a boost of like, this is why I'm still here. And this is why my story has gone as far as it's gone. It's given me some sort of energy, I would say, like that I can't explain. It's like such a privilege, if anything, like it's nuts. <laughs> yeah. And like, what a time to have this happen with technology speaking, you know? I mean, if this happens 10 years ago, the reach, that's what's so wild about TikTok is like you can reach that kind of people in a day. It's really unfathomable, but literally what happened, it was in a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What was that first day like? Because oh, <laughs> I saw your video that you posted right after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a giant panic attack, and like <laughs> right after was like post panic attack. Like I was on the floor in my blanket. I was like, "What the hell just happened?" And like before that video, I had Facetime my best friend Shannon, and I was like, "What do I do?" I was like, "Like a million people saw it. Should I delete it?" Like <laughs> I don't like this. I was like, "There's too many people asking too many questions." I was like, "They know my face, and like, they're perceiving me." <laughs> flipped out because I'm a pretty private person mm-hmm. and the second that that happened I just I was like oh my god I was like I I need to disappear like <laughs> I need to yeah. go somewhere else but here and then Shannon was like you're fine she was like look at all the comments they're all positive comments they're all people who are saying you're this and you're inspirational and that you change the way they think and that you change their lives and I'm like I guess you're right. And <laughs> I waited a few days to post again. So then I realized I was like, you know what? I do kind of have a platform now. I do have a power. Like maybe I should just start speaking my mind on TikTok. And then that's when I started posting more videos. I'm so glad that you are doing that. And it's one of the things on your bucket list was to change somebody's life. So how does it feel knowing that you've changed millions of people's <laughs> lives? Is the question. <laughs> a huge privilege like and as a brown person i don't have many privileges so yeah. this is a nice privilege it's a great privilege but, um, yeah i don't know it's like this it means i want to say it means everything to me but it definitely means a ton to me i don't even know how to like thank people whenever they do reach out to me because it's just like i can't believe that i did something to like just a little bit just change their view and like i can't believe i changed another person's view like it's like that i could do that like what i'm just a girl from arizona like <laughs> well and it's also like I, I feel like with tiktok oftentimes these things are very short-lived the impact that you have or maybe you'll have one video go viral and it'll be crazy for a couple of days and then it's like it just t- tapers off but the impact that you're having is like not only this ephemeral thing like there are going to be people who find out that they're terminal or just, you know, die for whatever reason, who are literally going to be remembering the knowledge and wisdom that you gave them. And you're going to be, I mean, affecting people for the rest of their lives and maybe beyond, you know, who knows? It's, it's really incredible. And I, I just, I just, uh, I don't know. I'm just kind of in awe of you, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. It's really cool to see. Um, you guys like <laughs> like for the rest of their lives like i've had people be like what's your favorite song i'm gonna think about you every time i hear that song now or like well, what's your favorite place i'm gonna think about you when i go there or like my friend chet porter 
Get I love Chet Porter. <laughs> really? No, what, dude? Chet Porter's a beast. Yes, I love him. He's like one of my closest friends right now, and I had met him via TikTok because his song, his song Bummed, was my top song last year when he released it. I used one of my videos, and then he commented, and then he reached out, and then we just have been talking nonstop since. But like now, people associate me with that song. And like, I have like my followers, like post like fan art using that song or like every time they hear that song, they're like, I'm thinking of you right now. Or my friend, um, she went on a date to a bar and since I'm pretty well known now in Phoenix, like that song's gotten traction in Phoenix. So it got played at a bar and my friend, she was just like, I want a date right now. And I heard the song and it just made me feel so much more comfortable. It's like, you were with me. And I was like, I was joking and shit about it. I was like, I was like, I'm sorry, dude. It's my song now. I was like, <laughs> I know. And then he was like, no, it's like, he's, it's yours forever now. That is so cool. I just got goosebumps when you said that. It's like you are with people. You're having the effect that people tend to have when they die on people, but you're alive. <laughs> it's pretty yeah, amazing. That's what makes it scary too, but like. <laughs> how, does, how so? It's like, cause I have definitely been like a small group person. Like I mm. don't like, I get very overwhelmed, like socially mm-hmm. and so having all of these people. I'm like, overwhelming, but um, at the same time, it's pretty cool because like I am still alive and I'm still having an effect on people. And then I'm just like, imagine the effect it's going to be when I do die and how, more i want to say like out there it'll get but like more people that it'll reach when i do die not that i'm excited to die but i'm excited for that like how yeah it reach yeah it's really limitless the, the possibilities and what you've done already is so incredible so it's it's going to be cool no matter what happens um it already is so cool and you know, you've talked about like the importance of letting go of emotions and thoughts, feelings, things like that. And how has that process, that ability affected your ability to deal with death? I think, well, it's a constant battle because I do have, like, I have borderline personality disorder. So Mm -hmm. like my first instinct is like, this is bad. This is all bad. Like it's terrible. (laughs) But like, I'm, trying to remind myself like your time is so so limited like even like if i wasn't sick i could i don't know car could come crashing into my house or something or i could get hit by a bus and time is just so so limited so i'm just like you know what i was like just take risks like i always say like rejection is better than regret so Mm -hmm. it's like go out there don't live with regrets don't live with what ifs like i don't want to have an opportunity and then be like and then what if I did, what if I did do it? That would have been so cool. And like any opportunity that I get, like that comes my way, I automatically take it. Cause I don't want to be like, Oh, what if, like, I don't want that on my mind. I want to be like, wow, I did that. And it was cool. Or like, wow, I did that. And it sucked, but at least I did it. Like, you'll never know unless you do it. Exactly. That's such a classic deathbed thought process. You know, people always talk about like, Oh, I just don't want to be laying there with no time left thinking all the, about all the things that I could have done. And you know, you're, you're living proof that like you can have an amazing life, no matter what the situation and circumstances are, if you're just willing to say, fuck it and just do what you want to do and not worry about it. And 
let go of the anxiety and fear. And it's wild how quickly we can get wrapped up in our thoughts and just feel like you'd just be thinking about what ifs. I mean, I still think about shit from like eight years ago, for, you know, arguments, like, right? Just like for, for, for what? It's yeah. never helped ever. It's nothing has ever been accomplished from that. The purpose of that, like it benefits nobody. It doesn't at all. But the way that you were speaking about it made me think a lot about meditation. And I was curious if you had done any meditation at all. A lot more since I've gotten sick, because I've heard that it just relaxes the body. And then I was like, okay, but I'm in bed all the time. And I don't want to meditate in bed. And then someone mentioned meditating in the bathtub. And I was like, that's genius. So I tried that. And oh my gosh, it just, it's different because you feel different underwater. You feel a little more weightless when you're underwater. Meditating while in water is just a really good feeling on your body. Nice. What are some of the experiences that you've had while meditating? Like, so I, (laughs) I had gotten just lost in thought one time and I had just pictured myself, like I had visited Hawaii. So I pictured myself back on Hawaii, but like in the current state that I'm in, but just completely naked and free. (laughs) And I was (laughs) there and I didn't realize how much time I passed was when I had like now come to I it was like an hour later and I was all wrinkly and gross from the water but um and saying like how relaxed you can be and how it's kind of like dreaming like you don't realize how long you've been dreaming for or whatever like that but yeah it's Mm kind of like dreaming like falling asleep but like you're not asleep so almost lucid like a lucid dream yeah kind of like that trippy that's very interesting. Speaking of trippy, have you tried psychedelics at all? I have, yeah. Nice. <laughs> Love the it. The first time I did was so bad. Really? Yeah, it was. Um, <laughs> I had tried it with um, my girlfriend. It was last year. It was my girlfriend at the time. And I was meeting her sister that day. And <laughs> I was already anxious because I was meeting her sister. And like she had like mentioned, like, oh, you guys are going to get along so well. You guys are going to be best friends. I'm like, all right, I got to really make a good first impression and then i tried shrooms with them and i was an anxious mess i did not speak that whole time i was just like staring at the wall and then they're like let's go outside and then we went outside and all the noises outside i'm like i like this i was like (laughs) terrible (laughs) yeah that's a tough experience to be in initially for for a first room trip for sure yeah i wouldn't want to be around anybody that i felt like i had to impress Especially because like we were just starting a date and that was like maybe like our third or fourth time hanging out together. And then I was uh-huh. meeting a sister. So I was like, oh no. Like, uh, that's very intense. <laughs> what were uh, some of the positive experiences like? Um, one time I did acid at a festival. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I don't know why that experience was so different. Probably because I was just like carefree that day. But um, all the like sounds and the music just flowed together like just in harmony even though like there were like different sets playing at different times and like obviously like, the strobes and all the smoke machines and all these people but everything just seemed to like flow together so well and i was like oh this is amazing like i want to live here like it was yeah. so pretty you know it's just like why does everything like sound the same everybody looks the same and all these <laughs> are just like flowing together i was like this is 
really pretty. I love this. So I think that's a positive one. <laughs> Sounds like it. Ah, oh, miss festivals very much. Yeah, psychedelics really have a, a way of making you feel totally connected with everything. And great that you had some positive experiences following that uh, that first one. I also wanted to ask, to ask you about your sister. Um, and so I saw a video because we're friends on TikTok. I saw the video that you posted about her suicide. And I was just curious, like one, what was that experience like? And two, how has that influenced your current situation? I think more so because she was 15 when she died. Mm-hmm. So like, she didn't get to do anything at all. Like before this, like she, okay, she went to California, but like, that's like her extent of trips. Like, and that just, it made me so sad because she didn't get to live or do anything. And she was still so young. So I was like, okay, well, I'm still pretty young too, but I have the ability to do these things because mm-hmm. I know my time is coming and she didn't, or maybe she did. And you know, but like, who knows? Yeah. But, is her like not having any type of experience with just the world beyond like this shitty neighborhood in Peoria. Like it just definitely flipped my brain. And I was like, I don't want that. At mm-hmm. all. So I, if anything, like I'm going to do it for the both of us and I'm going to get out there and do all these things that she definitely would have loved. Cause she's always talked about like, Oh, we're going to go here, buddy. And we're going to go there and we're going to do this and we're going to do shrooms and we're going <laughs> to do all this stuff. And I did all that. So, <laughs> so you're able to uh, make up for some of the things that you didn't get to do. Yeah. So dope. <laughs> it's, this is, oh, you're so sick. What, a, <laughs> what an amazing personality you have. Um, you're welcome. Have you, are you like familiar with, I know you've seen some of my videos and, and about like the fact that I got molested and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. First of all, how did you, how did you find me? So I'd actually seen your video about, I think somebody asked you if you were still friends with the boy of the dad that had molested you. And that was the first uh-huh. video that came up on my video page. It was a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but I saw that and then I went to the previous video to where that comment was and I was just like, Oh my gosh, like this guy's funny. Like <laughs> he's like <laughs> has like such a good like perspective on it. Cause like I can kind of relate because like I had a similar like I was assaulted like a few years back. And I was like, and I joke about it with my friends too, who have had similar experiences. Mm. So I was like sent it to them. And I was like, Look how this guy talks about it. Like, <laughs> like isn't he cool? <laughs> thank and you like lost you from there because i didn't follow you and then i had realized mm-hmm. you followed me recently and i was like it's the guy and then like, <laughs> <laughs> wow oh it's so tiktok is incredible in that way like it, just connecting people who may have otherwise never been connected over mutual uh abuse <laughs> yeah. so that was one of the things that i was going to ask you is if you had had an experience like that so what was your abuse like So it was actually in high school. And at the time, like I knew, like, I don't like guys. Like I was just like, man, maybe if I find the right guy possibly, but like, I just never had like a really good experience guys. Mm -hmm. So we were at a party with a few of my friends and it was supposed to be like a kickback, like just a few people, but it got bigger. And I was 16, 17 at the time. Uh And we were drinking. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
one of the guys there, he had given me a drink and I was just like, Oh cool. Like he's an older guy. Like he's giving me a drink. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, that's big time at the time for sure. (laughs) Right. Mm-hmm. And I took the drink and then like after that, like I was like, there was definitely something in it and I could not walk. And I was just like, Oh my God, did I drink that much? And my friend was like, you need to go lay down. And I was like, okay, cool. So I went in the backyard and I laid down on like the sofa <laughs> thing and the guy who had given me the drink, he had found me and then he had assaulted me while I was laying there and I was completely conscious, but I could not move. So I was like, and one of my friends saw it happening and didn't do anything. No way. Yeah. Did she or he tell you that after it happened? Just like he's, he, a a dude saw it happening. It was just like, peace. Yeah. He like, I saw him walk out the backyard. He saw, and he was like, and then he walked away and I was like, Wow. And so the next day at school, I had beat him up. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Rightfully so. That's a totally fair reaction. Damn. So, because it's similar in my experience in a way, because I also felt when, like, whenever I was getting molested, I felt like super paralyzed. Like, he didn't drug me that I know of. I mean, he definitely could have, but um, I was conscious for most of the times that it was happening. um, And it, it just felt like I couldn't do it. I couldn't get out of that situation. I didn't know what to do or even that I could do anything about it, but that paralysis is really terrifying. Um, and obviously I, you know, a physical paralysis, I mean, mine was mental, but like you're actually not even able to get out of the situation, even if you wanted to mentally, what was it like going back to school after that? You just went back to school the next day. Just fucking yeah, like literally <laughs> that weekend. I went back to school a couple of days later and I was like, Cause he was older. So obviously he didn't go to our school mm. and like all my friends that were there, I was looking at them and like, oh, like, did they see, like, they know, because like somebody had taken me home. I just don't remember who, but like, yeah. and I was looking around, everybody was acting so normal. So I was like, maybe I just imagined it. Maybe it didn't happen. And I'm mm. like, just, I'm, I just drank a lot and I was probably just sitting with him and that's what happened. And then I saw my friend who had watched and he had like looked at me like with the face like he was like scared to look at me and then I was like hmm that doesn't so I went up to him and I was like did you see and he was like I think I did yeah and then I just, I just socked him in the face <laughs> and he was like okay he's like okay okay he's like I, I deserve that he's like I get it I'm so sorry and I was just like do not talk to me I was like yeah. you I will do that again <laughs> I think that's a very reasonable response did you ever press charges no because I have no idea who he was I Holy know his shit. Face and his first name Cause like everybody was saying it online. Cause he was like the cool guy there. He was like, buy your big drinks and like, you know, the 21 year old. Like, yeah. Cool at the time, but super weird. Like in retrospect, yeah, like, yeah. teenagers. Yeah, dude. <laughs> go to college. You psycho. Yeah. Go to college. I had never seen him after that. And I like even like gone on Facebook and like looked up his name and like, I could never find anything so much. 
Hmm. Okay. I was like, I guess, I guess this is fine. It's fine. It's fine. I'm not dead yet. It's fine. I'm fine. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Were you interested in girls before that happened? Yeah. I had started dating girls when I was 13. Gotcha. Nice. Yeah. Well, not nice, but <laughs> <laughs> wow. This is a wild story. I didn't, cause I didn't know obviously if this had happened to you or something like that had happened to you when we had figured out the time to do the podcast, but the people that generally see my stuff and, and often like resonate with it, how oftentimes have had some sort of an experience. So I was curious and it's, yeah. it's not surprising to me that you're as open about that as you are about death, but it's just cool to see that too. I've been like, even in high school, like, cause it's a huge problem here now in Arizona. It's a gigantic, like each one of my close girlfriends have had similar experiences. Mm. Each one of them. And it's, nuts so i've definitely been a lot more open with it in my especially when i start college because it's really bad at the college that i went to asu (laughs) (laughs) yes sir (laughs) yeah i would venture to say that it's a massive problem at most colleges and when you make jokes to your friends about it do you think that the ones who have been through something like this take the jokes better or worse oh they take it way better um my friends who (laughs) never had similar experiences. They look at me like, should we laugh? Like classic. Are yeah. you okay? Like, are you like need to talk to somebody? It's just like, this how you, how you handle it. And I was like, no dude, like it's fine. Like if anything, like it is like a coping mechanism, I would say like, it's, it's something that does help you come to terms and come to peace with things. Oh, completely. It just allows you to process things in a different way than you normally process things. And like for me, I had been every time I would think about it, which wasn't a lot before I started doing stand up about it. But, you know, these things are not presented in a funny way, really, ever. And I remember the first time that I did stand up about it, I was like, holy fuck, like this is this is amazing. I want to do this all the time. Like this, I don't ever want to have to be, I mean, not that I'm not serious about it. There are times for that, of course, but there's just, it was like this untapped resource of like laughter healing that is, that felt like more beneficial than anything I had done in the past. And it seems like you feel very similarly. It's just an alternative uh, route to healing. And has, have you had this like similar experiences when you joke about dying? yeah (laughs) yeah i do um i noticed it in like one of my interviews that i did i had made i try not to let it slip out where i know like i try to recognize my audience and like the person that i'm talking to and like realize like who i'm talking to but um it had slipped out (laughs) i forgot what i was talking about oh it was about deadlines and i was given a deadline for like um one of my journal things that I was doing and I was like I don't know why people give me deadlines like I'm not gonna be here like, like <laughs> what is a deadline a deadline so like um like a due date type type of thing oh I thought you said dead lion like, oh, like yeah. okay yeah yeah deadline. Deadline. <laughs> got it got it yeah I was like I don't know why people give me deadlines like it's not like I'm gonna like what if I don't make it that long and <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine that people are, it's a different subject, but it's the same concept of people being like, oh my God, this is so much to, I don't even, that's funny, but like, I don't know if I'm, you want me to even laugh at this. And it's like, why do you think I'm, it's a joke? (laughs) Like, it's okay. (laughs) I want you to feel okay and not have to feel bad. Or it's so tough when you tell people that you got molested or I can imagine you tell people you're dying and they're like, oh my God, I am so sorry for you. 
I don't know how things could be any worse for you. And I'm like, well, now they're pretty bad. I mean, it was great. It wasn't bad a second ago. <laughs> yeah. It's tough. Obviously, you know, they, people mean well, they're not trying to make you feel bad, but I, I do think that there is a, a tremendous amount to be gained from being able to laugh at these things. So I'm glad that that's what brought us together was just the, uh, the humor, humorous aspect of things. You said you, you've dealt with depression before and, and anxiety. And with those things, it's like, it's funny because no amount of anxiety makes any impact on like any difference as to what's actually going to happen. And yet most people spend their whole life worrying about dying and you are now confronting it just head on. I, I'm just like, how do you do that? How'd you do? How'd you get to that point? Cause I get anxious about like not responding to people fast enough, like let alone like into dying. And I'm just curious, like what really allowed you to get to that point? Is there anything that you can point to that sort of allowed you to release the anxiety? I know we talked about letting go of feelings and things like that, but, um, yeah. Yeah. Kind of like on the same wavelength of like letting go of just the fear and the feelings. Like it's not easy like to just be like, all right, I'm gonna let it go now. Like it's something that you do have to like progressively work on and remind yourself because at the same time it's all in here. So it's yeah. like constantly reminding yourself like, Hey, like you did what you can, you've done everything you could. And no matter what happens after, it's not like you're going to feel it anyways that I know of. And at the same time, like, especially when it comes to the people in my life, that's where I'm most worried about. Like myself, I don't care. Like (laughs) (laughs) the people in my life, that's where, especially like it's shown in my bucket list too. Like I'm definitely more people oriented. Mm -hmm. Like I want to make amends, chase somebody's life, do this for my family, do that for my friends and all that stuff. And I definitely tried easing my friends into it more and like just thinking about them. And that definitely has helped my anxiety too, knowing that they're going to be okay. And I have all these things planned for after when I'm gone, like I have videos that I've made for them and letters that I've wrote for them. And like, I even said, (laughs) it's like one of my biggest fears, like all my life was dying alone. And obviously I'm single and dying alone. (laughs) So I was like, like yeah. I'm going to get cremated and then I'm going to have my ashes put in like a little necklaces for all my friends to wear. So technically I'm not dying alone. And yeah. <laughs> I love that. That And then my clothes, all of my clothes are going to be turned into blankets for everybody. And like, so just they're taken care of and I know they're taken care of. And that definitely helps with my anxiety a ton. It's going to be a pretty sweet blanket out of that uh, rainbow sweatshirt you've got on right, right there. That's going to be, yeah, what you said there is so important, like being able to take the attention off of yourself and not make it about you. And cause that's, I mean, so much of anxiety is just how the world is perceiving me. How, how am I, how, what do people think about me? You know? And when your attention is on somebody else and how they're feeling, it, it can really ease that whole situation. And it clearly is how you've been operating. And, and I think it's a big part of why you have been, people have gravitated towards you on TikTok. It's just like you're making this experience that is about you and making it beneficial for everybody else. And it's, it's just, um, it's just fucking awesome. Going back to spirituality and stuff for a second, like, I don't know how you feel about like reincarnation at all. Are you, are you interested in that kind of stuff? I am. I was, if it is a real thing, I really hope I do come back in some sort of cool way. But, um, yeah, what would be the ideal way? 
<laughs> so me and my best friend Tia, we had joked about like, if I do come back, I'd probably either come back as a cat and I just like find my way to her. And I'm like, you'll know me. I'll be like this like calico looking cat with like one green eye and one blue eye. And I'll be like, really like, I'll have like one leg first and the other, like I'll be like really funky looking. Yeah. I know it's me. Or if I come back as a person, like I really want to like, come back with an accent like be born in like australia or something and nice. then i'll find you but like <laughs> oh that sounds great to me it's like you know you don't and we don't know again like we said earlier nobody knows but it seems the i the, the fact that we exist at all the idea that we can exist is way crazier than the idea that it could happen again i don't know hope there's like a choice they're like you can either like roam the universe for the rest of your eternity or you can come back and i hope i get a choice and i get to just roll and i don't have to come back <laughs> I, I can imagine that that would be a lot of fun and maybe you can roam for a while and if you decide you want to come back you can come back when things are a little bit different when you think about the most important topics that come to mind for you in terms of what you're passionate about and things that you think need to change what would you like to see happen from the perspective of somebody who has the outlook that you have on life and everything? What do you think needs to change? Um, compassion, honestly, and empathy for others. Cause I feel like, especially now we are lacking so much of that. And like, even like, cause I'm pretty liberal. And so like, mm -hmm. even on a liberal end, like I catch like liberals not having empathy or compassion for Republicans or conservatives. Yeah. And like, obviously it's reciprocated. Like they could be, and I've noticed it on Twitter too. <laughs> I am very <laughs> vocal about my political views on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And when January 6th happened with the riots at the Capitol, I was quite vocal and some people did not like that. <laughs> said, uh, I was dying because of my views basically. And that they don't feel bad for me anymore. Um, <laughs> yeah, somebody said, I pitied you at first, but after seeing this, like, I don't anymore. Karma's going to get you. And I'm like, what? <laughs> oh my God. What have to do with this? Like, system is racist and that's why it's killing me. That is bananas. Yeah. And I had some comebacks to those. And then my friend was like, you might need to watch what you say on Twitter just in case. I'm like, what do I have to lose? I'm going to die. So like, <laughs> I'm saying what I want. <laughs> That's just such a great way to live your life. Not worrying at all about how you'll be perceived or, you know, who you'll offend, just sticking to your truth and knowing that you're rooted in compassion and like yeah. all those people that are saying those super negative things about you. It's just a reflection of themselves. You know, it has nothing to do with you really. It's just them being deeply unhappy and you're the target of that unhappiness. And yeah. And with the ability that you have to just let things go, you know, you don't even have to be affected by it. I know so many people who are not dying, who would ruin the next however many years of their life, just being stuck on those negative things that people have said, you know, I think that it's because I get comments similar. It's different, but um, people who don't believe me about getting molested. And I've been dealing with this my whole life because we went to trial when I was 10 and the guy didn't get convicted. So I've known for a long time that people, there are always people that don't believe you. But uh, there are people that come on and, and say that, you, you know, like, oh, you're a piece of shit. People actually go through this. You're just doing it for views and all this stuff. And I'm like, it's Maybe. just important. 
Yeah, it's exactly the same thing. It's entirely their own experiences and what you're doing and what I'm doing is causing them to have to think about things that oftentimes they may not want to think about. Probably what was happening is you were making very good, funny points and they didn't like that. (laughs) So they needed to shut you down in whatever way they could. But um, I'm glad that you are at the spot that you're at and you're able to not be affected by those things and that you've been able to transform dying into this amazingly positive thing. So I just have one more question for you. What kind of advice would you give to people who may be in your situation? And I mean, everybody's going to be in your situation at some point. So (laughs) what would you say to people (laughs) that are uh, on their way to that spot? Um, Honestly, I would say first, just step back and reevaluate yourself. Don't have any biases about yourself, any of that. Just reevaluate yourself, reevaluate the way you treat people and reevaluate your morals, especially. And then put that all together and figure out how you're going to conjure all of that in a good way and how you're going to, what are you going to leave behind, basically? Like, if you are to go tomorrow, what are you leaving behind? Is it good? Is it bad? And if it's bad, you should probably change that. So I honestly just think just reevaluate yourself and then think about what good you can leave behind and what good you can conjure from what you've done with your life. I love that. I think it's so important for everybody to recognize that and, and recognize that you can change. If you're in a situation where you feel like you haven't been operating the way you want to, it's totally in your control to change that. And, um, yeah, it's <laughs> you're fucking awesome, Danny. And I, I just really appreciate you taking the time. I could talk to you all day about this, but I don't want to (laughs) take any more of your time. Um, so for everybody listening, if you're on TikTok, Danny's TikTok is Daniel's cats, (laughs) Daniel's cats. And you got to go check her out. She really just has some of the most amazing content that I've seen on TikTok. And I can't wait to see how you spend the rest of your time. And I hope that something changes and you find doctors that are, uh, you know, more up your alley. And who knows what will happen in the future. But I'm so glad that we got to talk now, Danny. Thank you for being you. Dude, thank you for being you. That was so, it felt like I could actually like talk to you about like anything. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> I'm so glad you felt that way. I felt exactly the same way about you. It's a great vibe you give off, Danny. You know, wish you all the best with everything and hope to see you sometime soon, either in person or uh, I'll see you in the afterlife roaming the universe. <laughs> in the afterlife. <laughs> yes, dude, I love that. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you for being here, Danny. Of course. 